Digital nomads aren't always looked at too fondly. I remember reading a quote from one of my favorite writers, actually. He said that if you want meaning, stop worshipping freedom. Those laptop warriors traveling around the world, blogging about their lack of commitments. I'm sure they mean well, but what are they building? What is their legacy? What roots have they planted? And that really struck a chord. I was like, huh, maybe this digital nomad traveling thing isn't for me. Maybe I shouldn't do it. But then I thought about it some more. I was like, maybe I just want to scratch the itch and give it a go. And maybe... Just maybe you're the same. So if you too are wanting to scratch the itch and become a digital nomad in, say, 12 months' time, I've got five steps for you in this particular podcast. Let's go. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give a special mention to one of my supporters, and that is SEMrush. I'm a huge fan of this platform. That's because SEMrush is one of the biggest players in the SEO space, and I've been using the platform's tools since 2019. They're super easy to use and give you practical, actionable insights to help improve your website's SEO. Now, as a listener to this podcast, you can get a special 30-day free trial of SEMrush. All you have to do is check out the link in the show notes and claim your 30-day free trial. You can cancel before the 30 days are up, so you won't have to pay a penny. And if you're looking to improve your website's performance on Google, then yes, I highly recommend checking it out. So simply go to the show notes, check out the link to SEMrush and claim your 30-day free trial. Okay, so as I've mentioned before, I'm currently in Chiang Mai as I record these episodes. I spent the last two months in Budapest and New York before that. And next, I'm probably going to go to the Philippines, I think, to see my assistant. Then maybe hop to Bali to see my cousin. And I think after that, see my girlfriend in France and her family. So it's going to be a busy, busy 2023, or at least the first half. And then the second half is a little bit more up in the air. And that's kind of the exciting thing about being a digital nomad. You can kind of just go where the wind takes you, just follow your fancy. And although I totally get John's point of view about, you know, not setting roots and, you know, worshipping freedom isn't the be-all, end-all I think there's certainly something to be said for it when you're kind of young and in your 20s. So if you two are wanting to at least give this a go, I've got five tips, five steps for you. Some which we've already seen in previous episodes, but actually putting it together in this episode, I thought would be a nice way to wrap up this season. So yeah, this is going to be the final episode of season this season, whatever I call this season, I guess a solo episode season. And yeah, I hope it will be the springboard that you need to decide whether digital nomad life is for you or whether it's not. You know, it's not for everyone. But yeah, hopefully these five steps can can help you. So the first one, pretty obvious, is you've got to try and make some money online. And we've talked about this already in a previous episode. I think the key thing to bear in mind with this is you have kind of got two options. You could either keep your job and just work remotely, which obviously since the pandemic is becoming a real option. Or you could try and create these other income streams, whether it's freelancing, online courses, consulting, yeah, insert the blank. Now I like the freelancing route because I get to work with multiple clients and I get to to write for a living, which is what I like doing. Um, But you might decide actually you'd prefer the stability of your regular job, but take it on the road and actually travel the world as you do that. So that is kind of the first thing to think about. Do you want to keep your job, try and get like a remote work situation, 
or do you actually just want to go cold turkey without the, the kind of steady regular paycheck and, and go freelancing or one of the other kind of routes to making money online? And the second thing you then got to think about is how are you going to kind of transition into this? And I think that depends on your risk tolerance. So personally, I prefer the kind of more slow but steady approach, i.e. building on the side, so picking up a few freelance clients, maybe working part-time rather than full-time for a little while, just to kind of transition slowly. And then when you feel ready, taking the leap into to full-time um, nomading. If, however, you're a bit more risk-seeking and actually you prefer to just be a bit more gun ho about it, you could just quit your job tomorrow and start yeah, making, making plans to travel the world. I think either work, one can work. I've seen it work for people both ways. And yeah, I think it really does come back to how comfortable you are with risk and with, you know, not necessarily having money coming in uh, straight away. For me personally, I've always had this thing about money where I want like a regular income, uh, or at least money coming in before I spend it. But yeah, if you actually have no issues about that, then yeah, maybe that's the approach for you. Just jump all in. So don't take my advice on this in terms of you know one way or the other just think about what works best for you but certainly making money online is kind of the most important step to begin with the rest of it can kind of follow into place and step two kind of following up from that is having a plan a six month plan to make money online so we've covered this in one of the previous episodes and yeah you've got that six month plan so hopefully you've got some practical steps you can take to start uh, making money online. And also think about, yeah, your location, where you want to travel to, all that good stuff. But that, again, kind of comes after once you're making money online. Step number three is to think about putting out content consistently. Now, you don't have to do this. And, you know, if you didn't have a portfolio, you could just do cold outreach or you could um, apply to jobs and things like that. But I do think having a portfolio behind you is just so, so helpful. It can open doors to opportunities. It can attract clients, as we've talked about in previous episodes. So, yeah, I think it's worth putting out content consistently. How consistent should you be? I'd say just as frequent as you can, really. If you can aim for, like, you know, if you're writing articles, for example, then I'd say one or two a week is a good number. But if you are, you know, maybe making content for Instagram or TikTok or yeah, whatever route you choose. Don't necessarily try and jump in too quickly, too much too quickly. I think just being like, you know, doing something regularly, but all the time is better than doing something like loads all at once. You know, better to put out, say, I don't know, 10 pieces of content over 10 weeks rather than like 10 pieces in a week and then burning out and not doing anything for the remaining nine weeks, if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, that is what I would do. Step number four is thinking about using systems to help you create content because what you may find is what I found when I was doing the podcast uh, two episodes a week at one point during you know whilst working a nine to five and writing and consulting and coaching and a bunch of other things it was really difficult to be consistent with it and with podcasting it is quite important um, if you're trying to grow the podcast anyway to, to be consistent So I hired an assistant called Lou, who is amazing. She helps me publish the episodes, edit them, schedule them. Yeah, bunch of other things. Email guests when I had guests on the show. 
things like that. And yeah, she easily saved me sort of 10 hours a week, which I could then spend on creating content and working and living, basically seeing friends. So yeah, helpful to have systems behind you. I do have an outsourcing course, which you may find helpful if you search my name on Udemy. Or yeah, you could just think about outsourcing the low value tasks first. And you could even use a platform like Upwork if you wanted to hire an editor, for example. But yeah, have a think about how you can use systems and take away those things which will stop you putting out content consistently. Because yeah, it's really hard to do when you've got a nine to five job. Um, But I think it's really, really important to start building that portfolio. And then the final tip I have for you, or final step, and number five, is to schedule what Julia Cameron calls me time appointments. So if you haven't read The Artist's Way, which is a book that she wrote, it is fantastic. And it talks about this practice of going on what she calls artist dates, and she describes them as assigned play. And what this means is you devote time to your creative self and usually these dates are going to be done solo. So for example, it doesn't really matter what it is, but you might decide that you want to be more artsy. You might want to get back into painting. Well, she would recommend that you take yourself on a solo date, have it in a diary once a week, go to an art supply shop, for example, or visit a museum, and yeah, kind of have that solo creative time for you. The reason I've put this in here as a step is because when you are so in the weeds of something, you know, you're trying to put out content consistently, and you're trying to work towards your goals, it's easy to neglect your hobbies and easy to forget why you're doing all of this in the first place because you may get to a point where you're making the sort of money and you're living the digital nomad life that you dreamed of. And then it's like, okay, what's next? Like, you know, where have your hobbies gone? They've, you've kind of let them vanquish. And I don't want that to happen to you. So it's not easy. Um, something I definitely need to get better at, but I do have these scheduled me time appointments. It sounds really silly. You could think of it another way as like cool shit time, which I quite like as well. I heard that on a podcast fairly recently. It's a cool shit time to just goof about on the internet or, you know, see friends or whatever it might be. But either way, having some like time by yourself, like thinking times or like time to just goof about. Yeah, I think it's really, really important. So those are my five steps to becoming a digital nomad. And that actually concludes this season of the podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Try to try and keep it practical and insightful. So I hope you've got that from it. And yeah, also, of course, if you do want to hear more from me, then I'd love you to join my email list so you can get tips to your email every two weeks about routing, making money online, digital nomadism, all that's good stuff. And you'll also get a free 19-page guide in the process, which basically tells you everything I've done over the last five years to make money online and become a digital nomad. So if you want to find out more about all of that good stuff, then just go to entrepreneurscomparty.com, claim your free guide by typing in your name and email address, you get that sent automatically. And yes, you'll get an email every two weeks from me about all that good stuff. So all that's left to say, thank you so, so much for tuning in, giving me your ears. Hope you've enjoyed the content of this season, something a little bit different. I think, I'm sure I'll be back at some point with a podcast. If you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to email me. And yeah, do subscribe to my email list where you'll get all that good stuff, entrepreneurscomparty.com. Thank you so much for listening. Speak soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye for now.